celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I'm looking at today's lineup and I'm thinking, you know, if I was going up and down the dial, I'd want to listen to today's show. I know. There's some good stuff. We're going to be talking to this guy who has a Nat Geo Wild show called Is Your Dog a Genius? Yes, she is. I'm sure you think so. (laughs) I'm sure we all think our dogs are geniuses. How do they know the things they know? And uh, I guess he's a, a cognitive professor over at Duke University. And he'll tell us what he knows about the dog's brain. Interesting. Coming up. Also on the show, we got this guy who's invented a toy that will play with your cat while you're away. And you can control it with your phone, like your iPhone. So you have to control it. You control well, it. You can control it while you're away from home. While you're away from home. <laughs> what? Awesome. That's cool. So you don't feel guilty leaving your kitty behind. Well, it's intriguing how he's used this before. <laughs> he's had this installed in uh, 21 shelters across the United States. And you can actually go online to their website site and play with animals at a shelter with this toy where it's already been installed. Oh, cool. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I did that. I spent a few hours doing that. <laughs> Playing with the animals I, at the shelter. I was more entertained than I think the cats were, but that's on the way. But first, Dr. Debbie is coming today all at Twitter. Uh, she just had a, an interview experience with Lou, Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk. No way. Yes, I did. He was so cool. What a nice guy. And he's still so buff. And uh, wow. not green. No, he wasn't green. Although I wish I would have known in advance I was going to meet him because, you know, boss, you know, has a lot of different costumes. And I would have really worked hard to find that tight-fitting T-shirt. <laughs> so I could have said, like, you know, boss was busting out and, you know, pulling his Hulk move. But it looked yeah. like you two were hitting it off pretty well. Yeah, he was, he's really a great animal lover and um, easy to talk to, a, a great interview. So I was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and of course, you know, he, he looks nice. You know, I don't mind sitting next to a handsome, muscular guy. If you want to see that video by chance of Dr. Debbie and Lou Ferrigno, you can see that over at our <laughs> Facebook page. And, uh, you were talking about canine flu. You were actually on the news to talk about this dreaded canine flu. Yes, to give updates on that, as well as um, allergies, because we are seeing tons of allergic dogs and cats across the country. So, yeah, it's a really big, uh, both of those very big topics right now. What do you say we hit the phones directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android? It's a free download. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Good. Where are you? Uh, Right now, I'm in Florida. It's a beautiful place to live. I wish I lived there. I'm a little bit jealous. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) I would just phone the show in. It would be. I would just phone it in. That's what I would do. If we I couldn't did. get him off the beach if <laughs> yeah. that was the case. Really? There. <laughs> well, well, hi, Jason. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a cat that I um, I rescued. Um, I guess it's going on two and a half, almost three years ago now. Her, she's a Bellamy's, um, and her name is Saya. And okay. they had fixed her just before I got her. Of course, from the uh, the no kill shelter, they did a. I guess uh, what well, so I do to fix her. But um, she licks her stomach, and she continuously licks her stomach until all the fur. Until all the fur, fur is gone? Yeah. Her be- she, her, she kept her belly completely furless for two and a half years. Okay. So this is in no relation. She hasn't just had the surgery. That's something she's healed oh. and recovered from. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's just ongoing. They told me that. It's, you know, she could do that for the first couple of months, but, you know, now it's been two and a half years and she's still doing it. 
Yeah, that's that's probably where I'd go to my vet and say, hey, what the heck? <laughs> Can't blame it still. So, yeah, I'm going to totally, it's not related at all to her spaying. What she's probably doing is um, either a cross between something psychogenically driven, so kind of a behavioral problem, or we're talking of a t- potentially like an allergy situation. And cats can have uh, food-related allergies, and this can be one of the favored areas that they like to groom. And uh, basically, they kind of lick and lick and lick and barber their hair down, so it looks like someone took a real fine little razor and just kind of shortened all the hairs in that area. Um, So if that's the case, I would definitely see about getting her on a hypoallergenic diet. Yeah, and you can talk to your veterinarian about what they best might recommend, but I usually go between either hydrolyzed protein diets um, or novel protein diets. And we go to that for about a six to eight week period of time, and we are very, very strict about feeding only that food. And in some cats, that alone can help to improve some of their signs. Beyond that, if we look at some of the psychological drives, we do see this in a lot of cats that are a little bit more, um, shall we say, excitable or compulsive. <laughs> so we do see it a lot in some of the, the Siamese-type uh, cats where they just are high energy, and it's almost like... Like they're a type A personality, and they just direct all that energy into the, the grooming behavior on their tummy. So for some cats, I actually do turn to some behavioral medicine to try to kind of calm that behavior down. And the, the simplest thing I would say is start with the food trial first, see if that helps before we really talk about, you know, putting her on some long-term drugs. I feed her I'm the uh, I'm indoor formula. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to help with the fur and all that, and being an indoor cat, she doesn't get outside to eat grass and stuff, so, mm-hmm. so that's not, so I should try something different, or... Well, it's it's not, and this is where it gets complicated because it's not that that's a bad food, but if we have a particular health problem, then we're going to go go looking for a therapeutic diet, and that is geared towards some something that is a particular health problem. And I'm making the guess right now that she could have a food allergy. What that means is that she could be having a sensitivity that causes her to have an itch response in her skin. And that could be triggered by, say, um, her body doesn't like chicken, doesn't like corn, wheat, um, doesn't like beef. And when that body is encountering that substance in the food, it's not the brand of food that's the problem, it's the actual ingredient. So that's why we go to a hypoallergenic variety. So I don't advocate hypoallergenic diets for the average cat out there. It is totally unnecessary and it's a waste of effort and money. Um, but for your kitty, it would be something I would look into and, and not that I'd send a letter to I am saying your, your food has caused this to my cat. Um, but we, we really just want to go towards a potential problem and try to solve that with a therapeutic diet. So that, that's where I would go with that. All right. Well, thank you. Okay, well, my pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us a call here, Jason. This is Dr. Debbie. We are ready and willing to take your calls about dog, cats, guinea pigs, rabbits, you name it. I have a question about my pet rock. <laughs> you would still have one of those. Oh, are, you remember those? Those oh, were big. Of course. Those they were. were. I used to have them. Did yeah. You? Yeah. That's when I decided I didn't want to become a veterinarian was when I killed my pet rock. <laughs> when you killed your pet rock. That's very tragic. Oh, Irwin, please save us. Yes. How are you doing? Where are you calling from, buddy? I'm calling from Reseda, North Hills, actually. Okay, what's going on? California. Well, I have a Bichon that uh, refuses to um, eat uh, 
whatever you give her. Uh, I tried dry bug food and he doesn't want it. I tried the uh, mighty uh, dog food in can. She doesn't mm-hmm. know, like it. But strangely okay. enough, for, uh, last night I gave her a piece of uh, uh, eggplant from uh, Filipino cooking and she likes it. Okay. And, well, she's got good taste, huh? You know, is there anything else going on with her? Is she doing any vomiting, drinking more than usual, having problems pooping? No, actually, uh, none of them. Uh, she's, uh, she's drinking, I guess, normally, uh, but uh, she barks whenever she drinks a little bit. And then, she barks? Uh, she drinks it. She barks. Barks? You know, uh, Vomits? No, she doesn't vomit, but uh, like when you drink uh, the first uh, drop of water, like it came in so fast, that's how she uh, okay. reacts. So, like, she kind of coughs it up almost? Kind of uh, cough, uh, coughs it up, and then okay. uh, she drinks it again. Okay. Well, tell me, but how old is your girl? Uh, I suspect she's uh, pregnant, but I don't know how to tell she's pregnant or not. Oh, okay. So she's not spayed then, huh? Okay. When, when was she in heat last? About a month ago. Okay. And is there a chance she got together with a boy? No. Okay. All right. Well, then, you know what? I'm going to tell you, uh, the number one thing I'm going to advise you to do is get your baby and pack her up into a, a vehicle and get her to a veterinarian. Um, because when I hear of a female dog that was recently in heat and isn't eating, um, the number one thing I want to check out for is something called a pyometra. And this is a condition in female dogs, when they're not spayed, what happens is their reproductive tract, their uterus, becomes infected. And it usually happens about a month after they've had their heat cycle. And um, if we're pretty certain she hasn't had uh, any kind of breeding and she couldn't be pregnant, some dogs will even get kind of a distended belly and even look like they're pregnant. Um, but some of the really big warning signs of this can be um, a lack of appetite, vomiting, drinking a lot of water, excessive amounts of water. And then some females will actually have um, kind of a pussy discharge coming from their vaginal area. So you may not have all those things going on, but because the risk of this is so serious and it is a potentially fatal condition, I'm going to recommend you get their baby to that veterinarian um, and get, get her checked out. Um, and if he says, you know, hey, it's not a pyometra, then I'll feel a lot better. But I don't want you to take a risk on this, especially on a weekend. It's just uh, too dangerous. What can I do at least to entice her to uh, eat? That's the main problem. If this baby isn't eating for you today, I, you know, I'm going to go back to saying, you know, I, I have to be the advocate for your baby. And if there's something medically wrong, I don't want you waiting this weekend and uh, just trying different foods to get her to eat. So if she has no appetite and has any of those other symptoms, please get her to a veterinarian. Mm. How long should an animal stop eating before you really need to get to the vet? Well, it really depends on the pet. So if we have a track record of being a picky eater and where you always pull something off the table and you indulge them, um, that's hard to gauge. So it's, it's one reason why you want to stick to a faithful, stable diet so you don't encourage that, so you know how to interpret um, a good eater. Um, for me, if a pet's not eating and there's something else going on, um, really, for my dogs, if they weren't to eat for 24 hours, I'd know that's a serious problem. Some picky eaters could go two days, three days. Um, but you know what? Um, I, I'm just really, really concerned about his doggy, um, you know, having potentially some reproductive problems going on there. So Okay. Go to your bed.
You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hey y'all, it's Lisa Matassa and you're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dr. Debbie showing off her picture of Lou Ferrigno who signed it. <laughs> apparently signed. Is that the only place you didn't ask them to sign any body parts or anything, did you? You know, I had friends asking me, did you make him flex and did you do... No, no. you know, I occasionally meet people that are of celebrity status and I just, I don't, I don't want to be one of those pushy people, you know. I just want to be like, hey, cool, nice to meet you. Well, he should have been right. blessed to meet you, of course. Oh. I know he's going around telling, telling all his friends, oh, I met Dr. Dr. Debbie. Debbie, I met her, oh my gosh, she was just... And I didn't ask her to look at the spot on my arm. <laughs> Which happens. You do run into people that actually ask you human questions about themselves don't they not just asking but like she said flashing body parts it's amazing what people will do in an animal in a veterinary exam room and show what body parts so yeah oh well if you want to talk to dr debbie and too bad unfortunately she can't see any body parts but i understand we're going to work that into our next release of the iphone application where you can just you know Show a picture of your body part, and she can answer questions. No, we're not dogs do that. body no, part. No, no, dogs no, body no, part. No, no human no, parts. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's gonna get a little nutty now. Yeah, we're speaking about incredible inventions like that today. We got this guy who invented iPet Companion, which is a uh, like a feather toy that your cat can play with at home while you remotely control it from work or wherever you That's happen so to be. Cool. It is. It is a and he so far is using it in shelters, which is is interesting. He has several uh, humane societies which have these toys activated in their shelters and you can go online to the website and play with these animals in the shelter. That's cute. Uh, directly from the website. Aww. So I'm off track. Before we go to the phones for your call, let's find out what's happening in the newsroom. Well, we all know that one of the biggest time suckers out there is looking at great animal pictures on social media. There is a way, and maybe it's going to be here soon, that your cat can handle its own Instagram account. Oh. <laughs> okay, now I heard it all. It's gone too far. Maybe they can handle mine. Hi, Barbara. How are you doing? I'm fine. Where are you today? I'm in Florida. In Florida. Okay. Well, you're on with the doctor. How can we help you? Okay. I have a two-year-old Vishla that has a skin allergy. Um, I have him on all-natural, gluten-free food. 
uh, been to the vet. It's not fungal. It's not bacterial. Um, it went away during the winter. It came back just about a month ago. Uh, we don't know whether it's coinciding with the weather, with the chlorine in the pool. Um, I just can't find anything to do for him. The vet pretty much has thrown up her hands. Oh, dear. So have you tried um, other medications? Um, what's what ex- exactly has been done? Um, Animax. I have him on um, Benadryl, 225 milligram twice a day. That keeps it calm, but I just okay. hate keeping on giving him that indefinitely, and I don't know how long this is going to last. It's ang- okay. angry and red-looking. Okay. Angry. Well... Angry, yeah, that's these descriptive terms. Yes, I I use that all the time. So yeah, that that connotates that it's really unhappy on that skin. So, I mean, a couple things that there's definitely directions we can go, um, and it just depends on what approach you're comfortable with. Because we can treat allergies symptomatically, or we can try to get to a little bit more of the root of things. Um, one of the aspects with any allergy, when we talk about food-related components, um, a gluten-free diet is only limiting certain types of protein. So if that's not seeming to help and control things, then we might even switch that out to other types of um, hypoallergenic diets. And there's some where we'll restrict to a hydrolyzed protein. Um, and that's something that uh, for many dogs with allergies, we'll try a course of that. Um, we may switch things up and try something totally different, like a um, what we call a limited um, protein diet. So we might have just a couple different ingredients in that and see if the skin signs are better. Um, so I wouldn't say just because you're on gluten-free means that we've eliminated that food allergy possibility. Okay. So that's one thing. The other thing is, um, you know, we have specialists of veterinary types of all sorts. So pretty much anything you can imagine in the human world, there's a veterinary specialty in that. So, And we do have veterinary dermatologists. So if your veterinarian is not comfortable with where things are or thinks that everything has been exhausted, we can refer to a veterinary um, dermatologist. And I would see, if you're interested, I would see about getting your pet tested, um, allergy tested, because there's uh-huh. certain things we can either A, eliminate in the environment, or we can do hyposensitization for pets with allergies. And that's okay. kind of getting to the root of the allergy, if you will. Um, um, rather than uh-huh. trying Benadryl and medicine to try to control the itch, we try to go to the heart yeah. of it, what's causing it. So that would be one thing I'd consider. H- have you thought about that at all? I have. I think um, it just flared up again in the last three weeks, and I mm-hmm. think it must be environmental since it went away all winter and the dog was not in the pool, and there's probably different plants blooming, different things out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so. Yeah. My feeling is it probably isn't food since he was fine all winter long. Yeah. And we can get kind of overlap of food allergies and seasonal allergies. So, you know, it might be worthwhile to see about um, allergy testing. And that can be done with a skin method with a dermatologist where they kind of inject little uh, allergens to the particular skin areas. Um, There's also some food or some blood allergy testing that can be done. It's not necessarily as precise, but it's a good starting point for some folks. So that would be another thing to try. Um, Alternatively, if you're not inclined to go towards the testing, um, we might try a a drug, uh, a cyclosporine type drug, which kind of modulates the immune system, so it kind of helps the signs of allergies, um, but um, it's a little bit different approach than just using either steroids or Benadryl. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
Hi, this is John Grogan. I'm the author of Marley and Me. And I just hope that everybody can find a dog to love and to keep that dog in their family for their whole lives. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between, visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Well, many of us consider our pets to be our babies, and a new study sheds some light on why the emotional attachment can be so strong. Research done at Azabu University in Japan says the connection is comparable to the actual bonding between a parent and infant. It has to do with the hormone called oxytocin, or the cuddle chemical. It's produced in the brain, and it encourages bonding. Now, previous studies show it works human-to-human and even dog-to-dog, but this study is the first to show the hormonal bonding between people and dogs. In the study, pet guardians and their dogs gazed at one another, resulting in increased oxytocin in both. In the second part, researchers dosed dogs with either a spray of saline or oxytocin in the nose. The female dogs treated with oxytocin spent more time gazing at their guardians, which after 30 minutes boosted the levels of the people's oxytocin. Medical marijuana for pets is now available in Texas. You have to go online, but you can buy capsules, treats, and other edibles as natural pain relievers. Because they contain such a low percentage of THC, that's the chemical responsible for most of marijuana's psychological effects, they're legal. Veterinarians cannot prescribe cannabis products for pets. They can only recommend them. At least one vet, though, has spoken out about the issue, saying there's no proof that medical marijuana can help pets and no research on whether it can harm them. And he says the biggest concern is that the availability of medical marijuana for pets amounts to them being used as guinea pigs. The FDA is investigating the benefits of the products. When the circus comes to San Francisco next time around, it won't feature any wild or exotic animal acts. San Francisco is the latest city to ban such animals from performing. The ban covers any exotic animals used in entertainment, everything from elephants and lions to seals and ferrets, and applies to more than just circuses. It includes the motion picture industry, meaning no films made in San Francisco can feature wild animals. Other major cities across the U.S. have passed laws that effectively keep exotic animals out of circuses. 
L.A., Austin, and Oakland have banned the use of bullhooks or sharp metal sticks used to control elephants, which are needed to coerce the animals into performing. And in other countries, Austria, Croatia, Greece, Malta, they're all among those that have already passed nationwide bans on exotic animals performing in circuses. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, you lucky dog, Animal Radio has kicked off the Every Pet is a Winner Pet Photo Contest. Have you uploaded your photos yet? Every pet entered will be featured in a Fido-friendly magazine spread. One cat photo will be randomly chosen to receive the top-of-the-line Armacat Cat Treehouse Condo. We put one of these in the studio almost two decades ago, and it's still standing strong. And then two dog photos will be randomly chosen to win the infamous Nina Otteson Dog Puzzles. You know, if you have a smart dog, you'll want to engage those brain games. Okay, so it's so easy to enter. Go to AnimalRadio.com slash photo and upload your pet's photo. That's AnimalRadio.com slash photo. But you got to enter before April 30th. AnimalRadio.com slash photo. Let's uh, head to the phones where we have Scott Harris joining us. He uh, invented the iPad Companion. And I was talking about this a little earlier. I'm not going to explain it totally because I think I would do it injustice. I will let Scott explain it. But I spent many, many hours online engaged in what his invention is all about. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And, and I think you might do a wonderful job explaining it. Don't, don't tell yourself short. Oh, well, I... I <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't know, know how. You haven't heard the show, apparently. <laughs> It's a it's a toy. Yeah. It's a toy which you can control. It's a cat toy that you can control when you're away from home with your uh, iPhone or on the internet anywhere you have an internet connection. Is that a, a good explanation of what it is? Yeah, it's, it's a succinct one for sure. Um, that is what you can do. There's certainly more to the story, but uh, but that's the short version. That's why we have you on. Well, you know what? Good things typically or the best ones often happen by accident, and, and that's the case here. So. As you know, uh, you know, people from anywhere on the Internet can physically control toys inside of these sanctuaries for the animals that are up for adoption. Okay, so you have like 21 shelters where there's a toy inside the cages with the cats, and we can control those from our uh, web browser remote or remote location, right? Is that what you're saying? Correct, and, and the interesting part is that it's a physical toy. There's no animation. There's no virtual anything. It's actually happening. If you're in New Zealand and you push the button on your screen, there's a physical toy moving inside the shelter that, that you're playing with. And it's like a feather toy, right? Yeah, it's as if your wrist is in the room and you're, and you're waving it yourself, which you effectively are. And this is really cool because it makes you feel like you're doing something if you can't get out to the shelters, right? I mean, that's what I thought immediately. This is going to be my time at the shelter today because uh, I can't get down there to play with the animals, but I'm going to wag the feather thing around for a while. That was the impetus of it. So so kind of our purpose for being is that we allow anyone to control any physical object that they want moved from anywhere in the world, right? So. You think of Doctors Without Borders, right? There's a senior physician in New York City, and there's someone, a junior doctor who needs help, maybe in a remote location, and they need some guidance. Well, we can allow that senior to use a laser pointer and say, hey, cut here, suture this, watch out for that, or... Wow. If you think of 
What about the ability to pour a Gatorade or, or hand a towel from your armchair <laughs> to your favorite player coming off the field? I mean, crazy, right? So, so there's yeah. a lot of applications for the process, and of course, the pets are, are what we're talking about in particular. Yeah, and I saw a really great video where children in hospitals who couldn't be around animals were actually allowed to play with the animals and That's kind of cool. kind of break up their day. They're bored. They're yeah. you know in hospital for weeks and months on. T- on end. I went to the website. Yeah. I, I went up there and I picked a, a shelter. I think the first shelter I picked had 28 minutes. Uh, you had to wait 28 minutes to play because there was people in, in, in queue before me. Sure. But then I found a, another shelter and I went in and I played. I think that maybe the cat was thinking, yeah, rah, rah, this has been shaking all day long. <laughs> and I mean, you could see the cat looked fairly nonplussed. But that being said, you weren't shaking it right, Hal. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> I wasn't shaking it right. But let's let's move on because we don't have a lot of time here. You are starting one that's a home version. And that's why I wanted to tell that little story is because your cat may act different once it sees this because it won't be shaking all day long. But you can control it from wherever you are at home. And you're just in the beginning stages, I believe, Kickstarter stages of this. It starts on Friday. And the impetus of that is that we've received just several requests from users, just individuals saying, gosh, if you ever do this for a home version, let me know. After quite a few thousand of those, we thought, well, maybe this is a market here. And maybe people will actually pay for what it costs to build these things and, and have this application for their home. What do you think the price point of that will be? Ultimately, well, we've been shooting for a sub two hundred dollar price point. Sure, for okay. the programming, the website, obviously the hardware, but the ability to access it from anywhere. There's a lot of uh, a lot of programming that goes into play there, but so we can do it. Now, if it can entertain the cat and poor Gatorade, then I'm all about it. <laughs> Scott, we are out of time, but I thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to encourage people to check out your website. In fact, your Kickstarter page. I will put links since it's kind of a long link here i'll put links over at animalradio.com and you can learn more about ipet companion and scott harris and all his craziness you're listening to animal radio if you missed any part of today's show visit us at animalradio.com or download the animal radio app for iphone and android hi it's alan kibble with today's dog tip i know he just did it because he can feel the That's my sister-in-law. She's living in the house with her in-laws, and there is a lot of anxiety and tension going on. So the dog jumped up on the in-laws' bed and went to the bathroom. Trying to help them find how to clean it. There are several reasons why dogs, especially adult ones, go to the bathroom in the house in anxiety. Well, that's one of them. And it can be caused by a sudden change in a dog's environment. Adding another pet to your house is another reason, even a baby. And to stop it, you kind of got to give your dog a refresher course. Do it the same way as when your dog was a puppy. You start with confinement. That means when you're not there, ready to give your dog 100% of your attention, keep them confined. Best place is in a crate. I remember in a past dog tip, we talked about how important structure is to your dog. So you make sure you have a schedule. You take your dog outside the same times every day. Adults can hold it in for a pretty long time. So set a schedule and stick to it every single day. The third step is reward. Reward's really important in a dog's life. Every time your dog's doing something that you want him to do, you give him a reward. If this is all starting to sound like techniques you'd use to raise your husband... (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yeah, it is very similar. Let's talk about what a reward is. It could be a treat, or it just could be verbal praise. Oh, good dog, or both. And you can also give your dog a nice scratch under the chin. Praise is a really powerful tool. Remember, your dog wants to please you. You just have to help show them how. When you use praise, your dog is going to want to go to the bathroom outside in the right place. Here's the last thing to remember, consistency. That's probably the most important thing to remember. You want to set your dog up to succeed, not to fail. And consistency is the easiest way to do that. It's the key to your dog's success. And it's a byproduct to giving your dog confidence. Confidence in knowing he's doing the right thing. He's doing exactly what you want him to do. So be consistent, stick with your plan, and you're going to see fast results. The more consistent you are, the faster your dog's going to learn anything, including going to the bathroom outside. Oh boy, I think your husband had a little accident. Yeah, his boss is still his wife. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So, when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, let's go to Beth. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. How can we help you? Well, I was calling to um, ask about my cat, who is nine years old, rescued her from the city many years ago as a little uh, premature kitten. We don't know what happened with her mom. So she was about four weeks old when we brought her home. And kind of pretty much ever since then, she's had an ongoing issue with her one eye in particular. Her left eye um, weeps a lot, lots of discharge. Very often it's so bad she kind of keeps it shut. And it's obviously causing her discomfort. And we've tried, oh, over the years, many things. Lysine supplements, um, tobermycin drops, off and on, off and on, off and on to clear it up. Uh, lately, it's been getting a lot worse, and I, I love my vet, and they're wonderful. Um, they determined that part of her tear duct is blocked, so she's getting some dark brown um, crusty discharge as well. She's on a new course of medicine, um, a combination of um, Sidofavir is the eye drops, and then like the similar um, form of that in pills. She's taking that in combination. That seems to be helping, but my question was, is there anything I'm missing, anything we could be looking for that might be a root cause? Um, she also, you know, kind of like snuffles when she sleeps. So it kind of sounds like she's snoring. And so I wanted to ask okay. another opinion. <laughs> okay, super. Yeah. So what I'm presuming, uh, it sounds like what your kitty is being treated for, especially with a chronic history of kind of eye problems, conjunctivitis, uh, discharges, sometimes even respiratory things where they'll sneeze, uh, have congestion. Um, it sounds like they're treating um, suspected herpes virus um, infection in the eye. And mm-hmm. herpes in cats is part of their upper respiratory complex. So a lot of times when they're young kittens, they'll get exposed to, you know, what we call a cold in cats. So they may have a bout of that. And then once they recover from that, they can be a chronic carrier for herpes virus. And that at times during their life can cause an outbreak. Sometimes after stress of, say, boarding, house visitors, a new dog in the home, um, surgery, mm-hmm. um, or use of 
steroids, things like that will trigger the herpes to come out. And then we can see these um, ongoing bouts of eye or respiratory problems. So when we run into that, it kind of depends how bad and how chronic the issue is. And it sounds like your your vets are definitely using some of the medications that I typically would use. Sometimes it'll be the oral um, famcyclovir. Um, yes, that's and, the other one. <laughs> uh-huh. And the topical sitivir. Um, so that's mm-hmm. the kind of two that we'll use. And I like to use those for about three weeks in duration and really assess to see how we're doing. If we're not doing well, we might try it at, you know, another round of that same duration. But if we're not getting where we want to go, then we need to potentially mix things up a bit. Um, so it might mean switching out to a different antiviral. Idoxuridine uh, is a different one. Uh, and granted, there's different preferences we all have. But if we're not seeing improvement, then it's certainly reasonable to switch it out and try something different. Um, a couple of things that you had asked as far as, you know, what other kind of natural remedies. Well, I guess you could kind of consider lysine a natural remedy because it is a, a natural product. But using the amino acid uh, lysine and using that 500 milligrams twice a day during an outbreak and even beyond, well beyond that to help shorten the course and speed their response with a herpes virus infection. That's very important. So I, I look at the dose of that and if we're not comfortable that we're reading, reaching that level then we might want to look at that again. But there's some thought that even using probiotics in cats for their gut can help to improve their immune response to other agents in their body. So, um, you know, using an oral probiotic is certainly a reasonable thing to do. Would it be uh, better for her to have it in the form of um, yogurt or would it really be like buying the specific Um, We have yogurt and we have a powdered probiotic as well. Is there a benefit to one over the other? Absolutely. Yogurt definitely has active live cultures in it, but the amount that a dog or cat needs to gain um, is going to add a lot of calories and a lot of yogurt into their diet. So I do recommend to go with a prepared veterinary probiotic. And, um, you know, you can, there's various different ones out there, but to use that on a daily basis would be um, advisable. In in some cases, there's some use of things like interferon for um, herpes virus and other chronic virus in in cats. And and that's something I I probably don't use as much as I used to try um, earlier in practice, but that's that's still another um, thing you can throw at things. And then um, if we're not doing some other things for the eye, I know you mentioned some antibiotics. I have seen some cats that after we kind of keep treating them with these topical antivirals in their eyes, it actually can um, be a little counterproductive. And the reason is that antiviral medications, when we put them in the eye, they're not only, you know, toxic to the virus, but they actually can be toxic to the epithelial cells in the eye. So that means we don't really give the eye a chance to recover. So sometimes stopping a topical for a few days and even starting on a protective, like, um, refresh, um, a, a tear supplement, that can be very restorative to the eyes and kind of help, um, help their comfort. And then hopefully when you return back to that antiviral, you'll have a happier um, conjunctiva at that time. And then the other thing you mentioned, which um, may be something to investigate, is you said that the, the veterinarian said that she had a partially blocked tear duct. 
So um, in dogs and cats, you know, just like with us, you know, tears drain from the eye and go into the sinuses. And there's a nasal lacrimal duct that allows that to happen. And the way we check that is we put a little stain in their eye and we watch to see that the stain drains into the, into the nose. If that doesn't happen, we have a functional blockage. So that means we might have some benefit in flushing the nasal lacrimal duct. And this is commonly done in the veterinary office. We put a little tiny little um, cannula in the uh, nasal lacrimal duct, and we flush that with sterile saline. That that might be something to see if they feel that that would be helpful for her, and uh, if that might be a good thing to, to look into. Making a note of all this, and I'll <laughs> bring that back to the vet and kind of discuss that further, too. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love Animal Radio. Keep listening. You know, here at Animal Radio, the studio cats have been using the Armor Cat cat trees for two decades. And you know, cats need to scratch, claw, and climb. And unlike any other tree, Armor Cat furniture is strong, durable, and really reliable. Armor Cat's best-in-class cat trees and beds all come with six-month warranties. Go to ArmorCat.com. That's A-R-M-A-R-K-A-T.com. And give your cat the tree they deserve. And get 15% off using the code ANIMALRADIO. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour, we're going to find out if your dog's a genius. Of course she is. Everybody says their dog is a genius. I actually do believe Ladybug might actually be a genius. She is very intelligent. We'll find out. You know, this uh, guy that's coming on, every, all the girls are looking at his picture because he's a little hunky. Not bad looking. And he's a doctor. They put doctor I in front know. of the name and, you know, Shoot. they go crazy. That's double. And he looks too, too young to be a doctor, though, doesn't he? Too young. You're never too young, Hal. I guess. looks like from St. Elsewhere or something like that or Chicago yeah. Hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to be on Nat Geo Wild. He has a show that's a, a three-episode show, one-hour episodes on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it's the weekend gone to the dogs where he's going to talk about, not only talk about if, if your dog's a genius, but give you fun things to do with your dog to determine just what kind of genius your dog has. Because apparently there's all kinds of different kinds of genius, you know? Mm. We're also going to do a quick check of your news with Tammy Trujillo. What are you working on? Well, you know how a lot of us, or actually most of us, talk about our pets as our babies? Sure. A new study shows that we may not be able to help it. <laughs> I wonder if our animals look back at us when we're going, little yeah, little baby, so stop cute. talking like that. Come here, baby. Hey, Linda, how you doing? I have a rescue baby. His name is Clever. He's a mixed collie and a cocker spaniel. And, um, like, I guess, like six months after... I brought him home. He started to bite his paws, and he would—I mean, he would bite him until it looked like a machine chopping, okay. <laughs> you know, wood up. And then okay. it got to the point he started chewing his back end uh, on his thighs. And I've been taking him—he's four now. I've been taking him to the vet every year, at least at least six times out of the year, to get allergy shots. And I feel so bad for him. I hurt for him because I have oh. eczema, and I know how I feel, and I can't do anything for him. And uh, when my husband heard your show, he told me about it. I said, well, we're going to do something. And I promised Clever I was going to help him. 
All right. Well, very good. I like that empowerment that you got there. Now, let me ask you, uh, Linda, when he gets his steroid, I'm assuming it's a steroid shot he's getting, the allergy shot, how does he respond afterwards? Does it help him? Uh, It used to. I just had him get a, he just had a shot um, Saturday, Friday, and it didn't, obviously it didn't work. And I'm not really rich here. (laughs) I I saved my money up just for him. I've I've spent over $10,000 just in four years on my baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So a lot kind of depends how we approach this on what is going on in his skin surface. If he's got hair loss, if he's got sores, if there's an odor, if there's other stuff going on. Yeah, or sometimes if just, when he bites himself on the back end, he has this awful odor um, mm-hmm. and he, he scratches and he gets little clumps of hair out, even though he's okay. shedding. Uh, okay. So they're clumps and he has had sores. He's even scratched okay. the top of his head where he had uh, had a sore, and they had to shave his hair all off. He's gorgeous, though. He's the most unusual Aww. color. He has corn silk spots all over his body, and he's white. Aww. All right. Well, I, mean- I just feel so bad for him. I feel bad for any animal that has to go through this because I have one of those combs, and I have to yeah. leave it on him. I can't take, you know, he's right here beside me now, and I have to threaten him with the comb. Uh oh. Okay. Well, here we go, Linda. I'm going to give you some tips here. We're going to we're going to give you some ideas of things that we can try. Now, many of these things you're going to have to go through your veterinarian to get the appropriate help. Okay. Um, but there but there are some very common um, areas that we kind of miss sometimes when we assume a pet always has allergies and we try the the steroid route or we try kind of you know just minimizing the itch, doing what we can to stop the itch. There can actually be a lot of other things going on, and uh, one of the big ones that I will do is I address fleas. Um, and even if you're on a great flea product, sometimes um, just a single bite of a pet who is allergic to the saliva fleas can really send them over the edge. So sometimes we have to add in some of the oral products to do a quick kill on the on the fleas and use that in conjunction with your regular topical flea product. So okay, that would be I, one. I, I use Confort, is it Confortin, the tablet? Okay. I give okay. that to him once a month. Okay, so that is one of those oral ones. So that's a great thing. Now, with that, you should also be following that up with some other form of a flea control because that is only going to be killing those adult fleas, maybe lasting for the good month, but we want to use something else in conjunction with that. So amp up. Amp up your flea control there. Now, the other thing that I'll often do, and, you know, I like to do tests. I'm a veterinarian. We like to have proof for some of these things, but sometimes we don't always have maybe the finances to permit that. Right. One simple thing you can ask your veterinarian to treat for are mange mites. They're microscopic mites that are very, very itchy, and they can actually occur in a pet that's been on chronic steroids. Um, it can happen on its own on its own right as well. So with that, there's a, a different type of approach for mange mites but see your veterinarian about that and ask them for treatment for that. Now, the next thing that really can complicate an itchy dog, whether it's allergies or we have something like fleas or we just have chronic skin disease, is going to be an infection. So we can get yeast and bacterial infections that kind of come around on the ride, if you will, with um, diseased skin. So a lot of times with all that scratching and all that itching, it creates an abnormal skin surface. So we really, the the dog can't defend itself against normal things. So bacteria and yeast, which are kind of normally on dog skin, they get an opportunity to take advantage and they find that happy home in that, that abraded, irritated skin. So a lot of times when I'm treating a pet with allergies, I need to also treat those infections and, and, you know, 
Well, again, a lot of times I like to check the skin to make sure we, we do or don't have those. But in some cases, if we're trying to streamline, I'll put a pet on a course of an anti-yeast medicine and an antibiotic at the same time just to kind of cover our bases, treat for what could be there, and see if that might help. Because I'll tell you, yeast infections in dog skin are very common, very oh. common with pets with allergies, and they are intensely itchy and they're also stinky. So um, we want to make sure we do treat that possibility as well. Um, and then from there, if you're not doing some kind of home therapy with medicated shampoos, um, so when we're I, not... I've bought all their medicated shampoos. I've even uh-huh. bought Skin So Soft just to make sure that the fleas can buy it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And topical therapy can help. It By itself, it's not going to do the soul trick, but um, it can be um, a nice relief, a little welcome in that itch cycle. It okay. lasts maybe for a day or a couple of days at the most. So um, a nice oatmeal bath would be something that I would certainly say his skin would welcome okay. um, to do that twice a week. And, okay. and and really, I think, you know, a lot of that's kind of going to your veterinarian and saying, hey, you know, I'd love to do everything you'd love me to do, but can we try some of these things and maybe alleviate some of the other other symptoms that might be going on okay and uh you know see if that that might kind of uh nip some of that scratch in the butt there for you okay that sounds really good i wish you lived near me oh <laughs> i would bring my I w- baby straight to you <laughs> i wish i lived near the beach too but they haven't out here vegas would be perfect if we had a beach wouldn't you say where are you guys <laughs> where are you um, well, I actually, I, I practice in Las Vegas. Oh, um, that's okay. But, I have a son that lives there and grandkids. I can come there anytime and visit. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Hey, and then you can join uh, Judy with uh, dropping those coins in the slot machine. Oop, or... I, I can do that, too. <laughs> that saves well, for clever. We'll give your baby a pat on the head there, Linda. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. This can I Dr. ask one more time, what was called, the, what type of mites were these, this, this, that could be a problem? Mange mites? Mange or you can... mites. Okay. Yes, All right. I just mites. wanted to make sure I had it right, mange. All right. I thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys. I just, my, my, uh, brother just bought me a tablet like i say i'm legally blind so it has a zoom so i'm learning so do you guys have a website or um, email or gmail yeah we have animalradio.com is our website okay we're also on facebook at animal radio and if you have uh, if you're able to get an android or iphone app on your new tablet you can download the animal radio app and you can actually ask your questions right from that app listen Wonderful. to I'm learning. You go, girl. You go. I'm doing it all, all at one time. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Welcome back to another installment of Party Animal with me, your host, Vinny Penn. I want to tell you kind of a... A sad story. My daughter's in her second year of school. A young daughter named Stella, for those of you who have been following along. You know she comes up quite a bit in these. You were with us when we bought Stella, her fish, Betty, not too long ago. Uh, When I walk Stella to school, there's a certain point where we have to cross the street. Because there is a dog uh, fenced in that barks like a son of a gun when you're even a block away from it. Terrifies her, so we always have to cross the street. Still makes him bark, but we have to. Crossing the street makes her feel safer. Now, I don't live far from the house I grew up in, and I know that this dog has been there for quite some time. I I, I don't know the family personally, uh, but they don't live far from the uh, 
the little convenience store in the area. So I've always been walking by this area. Well, recently we were going for a walk last couple of times and she's been saying, you know, uh, let's cross the street, but we haven't been hearing the barking. Now, she, it, it took uh, really two times, I think. She noticed the first time, but by the second time, she said, you know, where is he? And I was afraid of the answer. The answer is not as grim as you're expecting. This isn't a very special episode of the party animal. But nonetheless, I said, well, let's go back over there. And then there, we, there he was. I don't know the dog's name. And he was there just not up to barking anymore. And I can tell my daughter at all of seven years, she's got her head wrapped around it. She's, well, why isn't any barking? Uh, And she looked over at the dog and it's like she wanted the bark. And I said, you see, even barking can be missed. Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. Well, hello, friend. You should probably know Animal Radio has kicked off the Every Pet is a Winner Pet Photo Contest. Have you uploaded your photo yet? Every pet entered will be featured in a Fido-friendly magazine spread. And one cat photo will be randomly chosen to receive the top-of-the-line Armacat cat treehouse condo. In fact, we put one of these cat trees in the studio almost two decades ago, and it's still standing strong. And two dog photos will be randomly chosen to win the infamous Nina Otteson dog puzzles. Okay, it's so easy to enter. Go to AnimalRadio.com slash photo. You got to enter before April 30th. AnimalRadio.com slash photo. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Don't forget there are a couple of ways you can ask your questions of the Dream Team. One is download our Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and ask your questions directly from the app. Anytime you want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we head to Anita. Hi, Anita. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. How can we help you today? I've got the uh, doctor and the groomer. We're all here for you. Um, Hi. I had heard your show last Sunday, and I heard a lady on there that said that it has to do with the flea problem. I have four cats and one puppy dog, and she had mentioned that her daughter had told her about an oral product that you gave the animals, and that it lasted for eight months. Um, I also use a product, but it is a flea collar, and it lasts eight months, and I recommend it highly. Um, it is called Cervesto, S-E-R-E-S-T-O. Yes. I use it on my four cats and on my dog. And it works, we, huh? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I started using it two years ago. We had just moved in our home that we're in now two years ago. And when we moved, we had a terrible flea infestation in the community. It wasn't just us. And um, my cats were outside cats at that time. And I have, I don't know if I should say, I use another product um, for years and years. What, uh, like a spot on? Yes, sir. Yeah, like Advantage or something like that? Frontline or Advantage? It was Frontline. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know if I should mention a particular product. That's the way we are here. We talk about everything pretty transparently. Anyhow, um, I have a 15-year-old cat. Her name's Sunny, and she was so allergic to fleas that she had to get allergy shots every three or four months, and it was literally killing her. I put the collar on her, and I kid you not, in two days, there was not a flea anywhere, and I can't believe it even today. That's wonderful news. What's the deal, Doc? Is this, is this, uh, because I remember the collars that we used to have as kids, they didn't really, you get them to like the hearts collars, and you get them at the supermarket, they never really worked very well. That's true. I have used everything like that, too, and I'll tell you a funny thing my veterinarian said years ago about the collars. He said the collars are at the wrong end of the animal. (laughs) (laughs) These like warm spots, warm warm spots. Oh, dears. You know, that's what he said. What what do you know about this stuff, Doc? Well, yeah, so I'm glad, Anita, that you're having some good success with that. And uh, certainly that is an interesting product. It can be very useful for many folks with dogs and cats. And that's kind of the interesting things. There's a lot of flea collars for dogs. Cats, um, because of some of their sensitivities with different pesticides, we may or may not be able to use them on them. Um, But the one that she's referencing does, it contains two components in it. One is imidacloprid, which is common, people know, advantage, the topical spot on that's that that ingredient and it also contains a pyrethrin called flumethrin and um, cats are a little sensitive to pyrethrins but we tend to see them tolerate this one um, a bit better so um, it can be a wonderful choice for folks and you know actually last week when we had that caller and she said eight months and I was like no there's not a a, a topic or there's not a pill for that and I thought oh I wonder if she was talking about you know something like a collar because that certainly would fit more with a timeline Um, and what that it is is proven with Soresto that it can have the duration of up to eight months. Now, how does it get um, over the skin? Uh, the same way. Same way. The, the the compound gets taken into the skin, into the glands of the skin. Uh-huh. So um, it it necessarily has to be on for long term use. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, if you had to take it off for you know a cat, um, you know, having something done to it, or I've had folks where they're worried about a cat um, or a dog being um, like a daycare, um, the dog might get the dog collar chewed or, or bitten. So you can take it off if your dog goes to daycare. Um, but it is really great because um, the, the product, um, we do see that kills fleas within 24 hours. Ticks, it t- tends to work. It takes about 48 hours for them to um, repel ticks and, and keep them away. But, you know, what's really important, I think, is finding the right product for your pet. And not every cat can you keep a collar on. So while it's great for some uh, kitties, um, that can be one short, um, uh, fallback, a uh, shortcoming for this one is if your cat can't wear collars. The other thing is I 
do occasionally see with various types of um, flea collars is that we can get some skin irritation, um, hair loss. Um, some pets will be sensitive to products in the area where they wear the collar. So if we run into that, then we have to look at an alternative product. Um, but uh, that's great that that's working for you. And the important thing that I always like to mention is that a flea collar by itself is not going to stop fleas from infesting a home. It may help to keep the um, pet um, more clear of the parasites, but fleas jump off of animals. And certainly um, once they get into your home, you do have to use other um, approaches to make sure that they don't uh, lay their eggs and develop within the home environment. Mm. So you have to still kind of tackle things from other directions, not just on the pet alone. Mm-hmm. And knowing if you've got more than one pet or they're going outside, there's always going to be repopulation um, possibilities with uh, fleas. Right. And I don't know if you're aware, they're made by Bayer Company and they're Correct, made in Germany. Yeah. I don't know if that has any bearing or not? Yeah. Well, I think um, originally the product was um, in use in Europe far longer than we've had it in the U.S., and that sometimes happens with uh, various compounds. Sometimes our European friends see them before we do, so, uh, yeah, not unusual. Well, thank you for your call, Anita. We appreciate it, and thanks for telling us about this. This is always good when uh, we're looking for alternatives to what may be either the pill or the topical, and uh, hearing a success story like that, because I just remember the old collars that she used to have they a long time, horrible. and they smelled horrible. You yeah. didn't want to yeah. touch the pet because they stunk so much. We see a lot of people now with these Seresto collars. Really? Um, they, and yeah, they do. And yeah, they do have an eight-month um, um, claim on them. They're pricey, though. They're um, they're in the fifty-dollar range. Um, yeah. Well, you spend little, that much for uh, spot-ons yeah. over that time. Exactly for eight months, and um, you know, just dealing with flea problems. I know people that spend thousands of dollars dealing with fleas because once you get that infestation in your home, and you know what? Even with the exterminators, a lot of times it's not guaranteed that um, they're not going to come back. So, or they get them all. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You know, here at Animal Radio, the studio cats have been using the Armor Cat cat trees for two decades. And you know, cats need to scratch, claw, and climb. And unlike any other tree, Armor Cat furniture is strong, durable, and really reliable. Armor Cat's best-in-class cat trees and beds all come with six-month warranties. Go to ArmorCat.com. That's A-R-M-A-R-K-A-T dot com. And give your cat the tree they deserve. And get 15% off using the code ANIMALRADIO. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Well, this is a huge win for the rights of service animals and for the people who rely on them so very much. A federal judge in Florida has ruled that a super sweet pit bull named Stevie will be allowed to go to school with seven-year-old Anthony Albaniga, who has cerebral palsy. Stevie does a lot of things for Anthony, like alert a grown-up when something's wrong and just keep him company and comfort him. For the past two years, though, officials at Anthony's school in Broward County refused to let Stevie come to school with Anthony unless the family paid for a so-called handler to go with them, which the family just couldn't afford. Well, after a long legal battle, U.S. District Judge Beth Loom sided with Stevie and Anthony. Under the Americans with Disabilities Act, schools aren't allowed to separate people from their service animals. The ruling in Stevie and Anthony's case could set a precedent when other schools might challenge that rule. Two chimpanzees will have their day in court under a law that up until now has only applied to people. New York Supreme Court Justice Barbara Jaffe has granted Hercules and Leo a writ of habeas corpus. 
They live in a lab at Stony Brook University of Long Island, and they've been part of research into how humans evolved to walk on two legs. They're being represented by the Non-Human Rights Project, which has been trying to get chimps the rights of personhood for years. In its petition, it claims the research animals, Hercules and Leo, are being unlawfully detained and demands their immediate release and transfer to the Save the Chimps Animal Sanctuary in Florida. A representative for Stony Brook now has to go to court and provide a legal rationale for keeping Hercules and Leo. It's possible the judge will rule that researchers do have every right to keep the chimps in the lab. Many pets have their own Facebook pages and Twitter accounts. And, of course, there's a person behind there doing all the work. Well, not for long, maybe. Whiskas Australia has created a wearable camera that goes on your kitty's collar, and it automatically takes pictures and posts them to Instagram for you and your cat. The Whiskas Catsacam, I love the name, uses a motion detector to take pictures every 20 seconds from the cat's point of view. Right now, it's a promo campaign by the cat food brand Whiskas in Australia, and the cameras are only being given out to celebrity cat owners and famous cats. There are only a limited number of Catsacams in existence. But information about this has started burning up the Internet, so we can only hope and maybe expect that they'll be made available to the rest of us sometime in the near future. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Suddenly I have an urge to take the dogs out to the park. <laughs> for a walk. As soon as the show's over, you know that's what I'm going to do. With world's smartest dog, Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. Is that correct? I, of I course that she you, is. She's just a genius, I tell you. Uh, I bet that uh, Dr. Debbie would disagree, though. She you know what? I, I have to say, I think Boss is pretty... <laughs> he's very intuitive. I mean, he like knows how to read people. He can communicate on so many levels. And yeah. Yeah, what, so. what about you, Joey? World's smartest dog? Um, um, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> He's not <laughs> too sure. Yeah, sure. They have big hearts, right, Joey? Yes, yes, they do. You know what? They're they're smart. They're smart in their in, in their own way. Let's put it that way. You know, in, in what they want to do, but um, <laughs> you know, they're not listening to me. There's a program that's on Nat Geo Wild. Is your dog a genius? And the host, Doctor Brian Harris, joining us. Doc, how you doing? I'm great. Glad to be with you. Well, How are you guys? Very good. Your uh, first episode, Talk Doggy to Me. What's that all about? And what, what are we going to find out on the show? What are we going to learn? Well, I think the fun thing about this show is that it's got a participatory component of it. A lot of TV shows you watch, you learn, and then that's basically it. This one on Nat Geo Wild is going to be, you're going to see the best science and learn what the best science is revealing about dogs. But we're going to tell you how then you at home can do that with your own dog. Oh, okay. Wow. So we have, like, homework, is what you're saying. Well, it's not homework. It's more like play fun games to have an even better relationship with your dog and understand how they're thinking. Are there certain dogs that are just smarter than other dogs? Well, I heard you guys talking about your own dogs, and <laughs> I think you, as a group, really represent a lot of how you know people in general think about um, dog intelligence, that dogs are either smart or they're not smart. But I liked when... When I think it was Joey was talking yep. about his dog kind of has his own way or whatever, um, <laughs> and uh, you know maybe he's not tapping into that. But that's what this show is all about: is not our dog smart or not, but to reveal what science has shown 
is that there's different types of intelligence in dogs, and different dogs have different ways of solving problems. Uh. And that's part of what makes them so fun, but you can know them so much better if you can understand how your dog is relative to other dogs. That's uh, that's what uh, that uh, guy, the Russian guy who trains the dogs for the shows, he and he gets uh, all these... Uh, the magic guy that does the cats. You know who I'm talking Popovich. about. Popovich. Popovich, yes. Popovich, uh-huh. out in Vegas. Yeah. Out in Vegas, yeah. So he goes to the shelters and he sees what their strengths, the certain strengths are of these animals because they all have different strengths. Is this sort of what you're doing? You're finding out or telling us how to find out how to find our strengths in our animals? That's exactly it. So it's like an act of love to understand your dog better. And so, for instance, we, we're going to, on the show, we're going to see dogs that are incredible communicators. We're going to see dogs that have amazing empathy. We're going to see dogs that even are capable of inference. But it doesn't mean that each individual dog does all those same things. So the question is sort of what is it that makes your dog unique, unusual? And if you know that, it's going to really improve your interaction. Well, tell us. <laughs> go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, you go, no, you go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> Do you find that certain breeds have about the same intellectual ability? Let's say like Border Collies. Border Collies are really fast on learning things, and German Shepherds maybe do something else. Do you find it as a breed, or is it more individual? Well, that's that's a great question, and that's why Nat Geo Wild decided to do a show, and it's a show about Dognition. And Dognition is really the best science that you can do at home with your own dog. The reason as, a, as um, a professor at Duke University we created Dognition is because I can't answer your question without a lot of help from you. Mm. If everybody goes to Dognition and watches Nat Geo Wild to see what we've learned scientifically, and if everybody gets excited about participating, then everybody with all the different breeds of dogs are going to contribute data, and then we're going to find out the answer to your question. Currently, Ooh. science has very little to say about your question. I need another morsel. I need something more to bite into here. Give me, give me some kind of amazing scientific fact that maybe even stunned you. Well, I think, uh, I mean, you want something hot off the press. I mean, two weeks ago, um, there was a paper published in Science Magazine, best journal in science. Uh, and we wrote a complimentary article with the new paper, and what the paper shows is that just like human infants, dogs, when they lock gaze with us or create what's called mutual gaze, it's actually releasing the same hormone that leads to bonding between a human and infant when a baby's first born. It's a hormone called oxytocin. It's also known as the love hormone. Mm. So the reason that's interesting is you hear a lot about making eye contact with your dog is maybe threatening. Well, I think that, you know, this latest research gives you another way to think about when your dog's making eye contact with you. It's not necessarily a threat. You're not necessarily threatening your dog. Your dog is not necessarily just trying to get your sandwich. It actually is trying (laughs) to bond with you. It releases the same hormone that leads to the bond between mother and infant. That's amazing. When I adopted my dog, she was eight weeks old, and I went to a rescue down in Los Angeles. It was about a three-hour drive. So on the way back, she sat in the front seat. I had her to carry it, but she stared at me the whole way home for three hours while I drove. And now you two are. And tight. now we're. Re- she reads me. You know, she knows it all about me. She just reads my so body language. The cool language. thing is, not every dog makes the same amount of eye contact with their owner, and Dognition allows you to actually measure how much eye contact or mutual gaze your dog makes with you, and then compare that to other dogs. So you can kind of see how 
How much empathy does your dog have for you? I was really surprised because I thought actually my dog didn't make much eye contact. When we did the games, I found out he makes a ton of eye contact relative to dogs. <laughs> now I knew that, know that I can interact with him really, really differently. Well, I'm telling you, this weekend you're going to go to the dog's three one-hour episodes. Is your dog a genius on Nat Geo Wild with our host right here, Dr. Brian Hare. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. Hey, it was great fun. Thank you. We'll head back to the phones. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Things looked bad for Sharon Lorio. She had lost control of her car on a curve, rolled down a hill, and was thrown from her car in a heavily wooded area in Georgia. Then things looked even worse when out of nowhere came a large fairy animal. Sharon was bruised and covered with blood and was now afraid she was going to be eaten by some wild animal. When a friendly dog walked over to her and licked her face... The 70-pound dog then pulled her by her shirt collar, dragged her for about 50 yards through briars to the highway, and let her lean against him so she could flag a passing motorist. The wayward dog, now named Hero, was then taken to the animal shelter where his owners declined to take him back because he was always wandering off. Sharon wanted to adopt him, but she already had six dogs. But don't worry, so far 50 people have expressed interest in adopting Hero. But he's meeting with a trainer for the chance to work as a rescue dog, something he loves doing naturally. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143-800-689-0143-800-689-0143-That's 800-689-0143. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Barbara. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. How are the pets? Um, I have a three-year-old uh, little mutt. She's wonderful. She's half Jack Russell and half uh, Miniature Pincher. And when I got her um, about probably a month and a half after I got her, so she was probably about 10 weeks old or so, she developed a couple of little bald spots on her. So I took her to the vet. And the vet did a skin test with, like, a cheese slicer thing and took off a little bit of her skin and tested it and told mm -hmm. me that she had red mange. And okay. that she would gotten it from her mother from breast, from, you know, feeding when she was a puppy. And basically told me, gave me a little, a little vial of medicine, which took care of those spots. Um, and she's never had any since. 
but told me that, that I would just basically have to live with the red mange forever, and she shed so bad. So does she have any lesions right now? No, she's never had any since those first two. Oh, well, wonderful. Good. And was she, she was a pup when she got those? Yeah, she was only okay. about 10 weeks old. Okay, well, when she got um, well, super. And I'm going to kind of back up a little bit here because the kind of the layman's term, what we call red mange, is actually it's a type of mite called the demodex mite. And uh, your veterinarian's correct in saying that, you know, she probably was exposed to this from her mom. And her mom probably had it. But you know what? There's so many dogs that actually are exposed to this mite. We don't even know if they have it or not. It's only when a pet is immunosuppressed that we really see this come on. And that's why it's so common in puppies. So okay. you can have the mange mite as a puppy and never, ever, ever have it again. So it's not something that, you know, she's going to be plagued with bad skin issues or problems down the road. There are some dogs as adults that if they get this mite, it can be a real problem, and it's much harder to deal with as an adult dog. But for the puppy that has a solitary single little spot or two, and if it responds with medication, or actually in about 90% of the cases, it'll go away on its own once their immune system kicks in. So if that's all you had, then you're probably good. If she does okay. at a later time develop more of a problem generalized over her body, then we really have to deal with some um, other therapies and medications such as dips or uh, long-term medicine with anti-mite treatments. Um, but I, I don't think you're going to be in that category, and I don't think she will. And I I think that uh, okay. maybe just those words, maybe just kind of maybe a little misinterpretation as far as what they, they were trying to get across. Right. So I, I thought that maybe she still had it, and that's why she sheds so bad, because her, she has a beautiful coat, but she sheds worse than any dog I think I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And I just didn't know if there's a special, you know, vitamins or a special dog food or something that I should be giving her. Well, as far as definitely that short hair, you, you said Min, Min Pin and Jack Russell? Yes, yeah, yes. those short hair coats, they're going to be shedding constantly. So I don't think that's anything health detriment-wise. As far as myself, okay. I'm an advocate of giving uh, fatty acids just to in, kind of enhance the luster of the hair coat. Um, but it's not necessarily a problem when dogs shed. Um, it is a natural cycle of a dog's hair that falls out and gets replaced by new hair. And that is a continual process. So good brushing okay. and maybe a little bit of a fatty acid, something like a derm caps or icosis. You just kind of sprinkle it on their food daily. That might be something that you can do to maybe make yourself feel better, but I think she's feeling good. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's doing great. And I, I thank you so much for explaining that to me. This is Dr. Debbie. If you have a skin problem, well, or your pet does, give me a call. I have actually been meaning to talk to you about this little <laughs> sore I got over here. Hey. <laughs> What? Animal Radio doesn't have insurance. Yeah, quit scratching in the studio. Hi, Jake. How you doing? Um, I got a cat. I think he has dandruff. Okay. Okay, and I brush him, and, uh, you know, I don't wash him or anything, but it just seems like, you know, the top of his back and stuff, it's all it's all flaky. I thought it was dirt at first, but it just, you know, it just keeps um, showing up. Okay. And do you notice any kind of problems with him? Does he seem to scratch excessively? Um, have any problems with those areas that you see the dandruff? No, huh? Not at all. Does your kitty live inside or an outdoor kitty? He he stays inside. Um, every now and then he'll go out out in the backyard for about ten minutes or so. With the um, with the dandruff that he has on his back, is there any kind of hair loss? Does he have any patches or anything? Not any patches, but he, you know, he's always uh, shedding a little bit. 
Yeah, well, that will never get rid of. <laughs> Not entirely. Right. But I'm, you know, I brush them uh, at least once a week. Yeah, and you know, a lot of kitties can get, um, there's dandruff, which will associate with a medical problem, and then there's going to be kind of what I call the typical kitty dandruff. And, you know, there are some real medical things that we look at. Um, you know, it is not an unheard of thing to have, uh, types of mites or little skin parasites that can cause kind of a flakiness. Um, generally with that, we're going to have a, a scratchy kitty. Uh, we're going to have a kitty that you touch that area and you run your fingers over in a little scratching motion and they're going to go, ooh, golly, this really feels funky. Um, so with those situations, we're going to have a, a more uncomfortable cat. Um, there are certainly also things like ringworm, which is actually not a worm, um, but it's a fungus um, that can cause some scaliness, some types of dry skin that we might see in those areas. But if I'm assuming all those things don't apply to your kitty, um, there are a lot of cats out there that have dandruff, and it, it can be somewhat a nutritional thing, and, and somewhat it is also just a, a grooming type um, issue. Um, so if the kitties don't groom themselves very vigorously, and I see this in a lot of maybe chubby kitties um, or cats that just have a really dense hair coat and can't get quite through it, um, they will get kind of a flakiness. The other thing which I would look at would be maybe using some fatty acids um, as a supplement um, to your cat's diet. It doesn't necessarily stop that shedding, <laughs> but um, that may help to kind of keep that hair coat in a little bit better condition. So I, I would really try the, those two things and, and work on that and, unless you, you know, perceive that there's some other kind of skin problem or discomfort there. Well, it is an incredibly beautiful day here where we are. We're going to go take the dogs and maybe the cats and the ferrets and the iguanas all for a walk. Hopefully it is nice where you are. And we'll see you next week right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.